0: Hey, Liz. Hi. I'm so excited <laughs> to do this episode with you. We are going to talk about all the songs that you made for season two of Material Feels. Welcome to Material Feels, where we explore the intimate relationships between people, their creative practices, and the materials they have fallen in love with. I'm your host, Katherine Monahan. I'm an audio storyteller, writer, and artist living in Oakland on lonely land. I'm chatting with Liz, our associate producer, writer of Underscores, and composer of original music for every material we cover. You will get the most out of this episode if you've already listened to season two. If that's not the case, pause right now and go back to wherever you need to catch up. Our first episodes uh, of the season were about time, just like super conceptual kind of hard to grasp, and I asked you to make a song about time as a material. It's called It Takes. Something
1: too miraculous to it That every day I wake up alive Every day I wake up by your side Too much. I keep
0: Why don't you just tell me a little bit more about the process uh,
1: around this song and what um, how it relates to time for you? It was a fun challenge because with material feels it's been you know tangible physical objects typically, and so you know in my own like writing for my band Liz Delise. Writing about you know an like the abstract or you know emotions which are inherently abstract that's the norm. But when it comes to writing for material fields, that is not the norm. So it was a fun opportunity to kind of like marry the two ways that I think about writing. What you kind of like tasked me with was trying you know making the ephemeral more tangible. I was trying to think about well how to do that, obviously, um thinking about how for lack of a better word, miraculous it feels to just get to be alive and how how I haven't always felt that way, you know, like how um I've always felt um you know awed by the world and the the people that I get to you know interact with and love and um, be loved by, but I haven't always felt like that stoked to be alive. And so I think, you know, when I was writing that song, I was like, oh, wow, I, I feel genuinely so happy to be here. And time is very much, you know, it's very much a factor in how precious all of these, these moments are. And then within those moments, what, what is your physical, tangible experience? So like lying next to somebody, you get to wake up and just, even just that you get to wake up and you open your eyes and like you feel yourself waking up. I think the first line is swallowed by the light and just, just you know, how we experience those typically like mundane or things or things that we take for granted.
0: We've actually released this song on Spotify today. You can listen to It Takes in full on Spotify or Bandcamp. We've also built a playlist called Material Feels Mixtape, where we've woven in songs from season one as well as music that inspires both of us as we are scoring the show. The link to the playlist is in the show notes, on our website, and on social media. You can also find it by searching for Material Feels on Spotify. The rest of the music you hear today will be released in January in the form of an EP on Bandcamp and Spotify for a total of six songs, including the Never Before Heard track inspired by the materials used for Ritual. And this is from our episode uh, with Zaidovetsa, where we explored paper as a material. It's called "What Shape." This this song is such a bop! Like it's so fun and like light. And I was I was re-listening to it this morning. I also I realized that the lyrics are are a little pretty serious about like finding meaning and the in the creases of the folds of your mind. Yeah, so I'd love to just hear about how the material inspired you uh, with the sound of this and with composing it.
1: This one was really fun to make her way of interacting with her material and creative process um, just lent itself more to me writing something that was like a little more lyrically focused. It was a fun opportunity for me to latch on to like key words and feelings that I expressed, you know, and and you guys definitely connected on this point, too, of just like the having your creature comforts um, before anything else, right? And just like that that quiet space. and it's a lot about that. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of like the basic human needs. But again, just like, remembering that those, those aren't, those aren't silly things to have to focus on. Those are extremely crucial. I mean, like personally, I, I can't start a process until my space is a certain way and I have, you know, certain beverages with me and it's like, okay, like how are you nourishing your body? How are you nourishing your physical environment? And then like, how does that inform for Zai, this really intensive, process, this really like detailed, teeny tiny, oh my God, like would make my head explode trying to do that. And also just how, how delicate her art form is. I really tried to hone in on that with like the, the way I sang and the, the, the words I chose. Um, and just the, the, the bop, you call it a bop. The bop to me feels like there's something that's kind of Light about it, you know. It's like, like it's very flitty and, uh, yeah.
0: I when I first heard it, it really resonated. Also, was Zai's energy, um, which I thought was really interesting because you weren't present with me. Her enthusiasm, her she's very cheerful um, and friendly, and she talked a lot with her hands. She's a very airy and light communicator, um, and I felt like that actually was translated in the music, which was really, really powerful. Yeah, so our next song uh, was with Pigment. And this is like one of my favorite songs to, l- to listen to. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's called Mary and Blue. Mary and Blue, all adorn you
1: more than you could ever need. Seafoam sand,
0: coconut cream. As somebody who's sensitive to color and works with pigment your lyrics were so beautiful. The sound, I mean, like the title of the song is Marion Blue and the song just sounds so damn blue. I don't know how you did that. Um, so yeah, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your process of making that song?
1: It was particularly challenging because there's so much history that went into the, the interview um, for this episode. It's jam packed with info and I was like, Shit, well, I don't have time. To uh, to really like honor each and every aspect. I remember, so I was I was at my mom's house. I was walking around outside. I was barefoot, and I was listening to the episode. The color blue. It's a color that I feel like has been explored in music quite a bit. Just I just I think about Joni Mitchell's album Blue, and that that was always a really important you know set of songs for me growing up and coming to my own as a songwriter. I'm glad that it. Feels blue to you. There are just like the color blue is like always coming up, and it's one of those kind of. Uh, it feels mysterious and special to me. Uh, ultramarine
0: blue is something that Alexis talked about. Yeah. She talked. We were talking about the history of pigments, and Alexis was like, "Well, the whole reason I started my business, the very the seed that really it grew into this whole enterprise was that she walked into a pigment shop and saw raw." Uncut, you know, ultramarine (laughs) blue, (laughs) and um, fell in love with that color.
1: I've used the word blue or the feeling blue in a lyric book. I mean, literally, there's a whole genre based on the blues, right? Well, so Mary in blue is referring to the, the Virgin Mary and how, like, she's depicted in blue. What is the cultural? What is the, like, spiritual? What is the religious uh, significance of the color blue? And I think that's something Alexis spoke about a lot is how lapis lazuli and how that sim- that was a symbol of wealth and like bounty. And that I also was really drawn to that as well, that how, you know, like the uh, color, right, uh, can can tell you so much that you need to know about a person, at least in that specific historical context.
0: Side note, I'm what's known as an indie podcaster. Aside from the immense amount of emotional support and creative collaboration I'm honored to have from Liz, I'm essentially a one human show. In order to make season three a reality, I'm going to need your help. I want to hear directly from you as to why you keep listening to Material Feels. I'll take the juiciest answers and stitch them together and use it to advocate for the show. If I use your voice memo, I'll send you a free waveform ceramics magnet from my Etsy shop so you can make fridge poetry out of sculptural audio clips. To participate, all you need to do is visit www.speakpipe.com slash materialfeels, where you can leave me a message. The link to that website is also in the bio of our Instagram page and on our website, www.materialfeelspodcast.com. When you go to SpeakPipe, make sure to include your email in the form so that if I use your voice memo, I can get in contact with you and send you your free magnet. Other ways to support the show. Buy some pottery from my Etsy shop, Waveform Ceramics, at etsy.com shop slash Waveform Ceramics. Becoming a Patreon is also extremely helpful to me. Donating a dollar, three dollars, five dollars each month, it makes a huge impact, and I appreciate you so much. You can find the Material Feels Patreon at www.patreon.com Material Feels. So, the glass episode, this song is so funky. <laughs> it's called Simmering. It feels very experimental. It feels very um, intriguing. And, um, it, it felt like it also felt really queer. I don't know why (laughs) felt like extra gay, which I loved. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that process? Cause that was the first interview where you were present. You went to Deborah's hot shop. You went there to Brooklyn with your mic and a video camera. (laughs) AKA a phone around your neck little from necklace. you know, FaceTime <laughs> <A> little necklace. <laughs> um so professional.
1: Uh so yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about the process with the glass song? Getting to do a uh, tape sync, I think with anyone is like a really special, strangely intimate experience. Deborah has a lot to say, but not in not in a way where she's like filling up space she's just, she's a thinker. She's somebody who considers every little detail of, of, of whatever she's sharing, whatever she's talking about. And, and then also being in the hot shop with her and seeing somebody, you know, blow glass in person was why, I mean, oh my God, it was, it's a full sensory overload and it's so exciting. And, Stressful, and I wanted I wanted to find a way to capture that um, sonic. I started out by like trying to write lyrics, just you know, that's one way that I might start my process. And like, I was coming up totally short. I was like, anything that I write down, any words I say, Deborah has already said it. I don't need. That's not the space that I need to take up. What I what I want to do is try to capture what I. What I witnessed uh while while she was she and her team were doing their thing it was it was funky. what was the word you used? <laughs> I think I said funky, funky. it was really funky it was like freaky funky
0: freaky funky like yeah, like listening to the song there's a lot of like m- movement and in and out and there's like layers. it reminds me funnily enough of the first song you ever wrote for material fields which is uh walter's song for for ceramics and Mm -hmm. um ceramics you know you're throwing on the pottery pottery wheel and it's going around in a circle and with with glass blowing you're you're using the punty yes you're using the punty and good job and um deborah be proud using the punty and spinning the glass and it's all there's some centrifugal force in in both of those Art practices. So I think it's interesting that that song has some sonic parallels or overlaps with Walter's song.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And then also, I, I mean, I think one of the few words I do say is spinning um, in the song. And because that is such a key part of the process of glass blowing, as I learned. But also just how Deborah likens it to Sufism the whirling dervish is what it's called so it's that it's that ritual of I guess it's all men in these like really these like elaborate they have little hats on and they're Mm -hmm. spinning and spinning and spinning and they're going into this like trance like meditative state and how like the first time she saw glass being blown I think That was what she was reminded of. And so I just kept coming back to like the cyclical, the spinning, Mm -hmm. that movement. And I mean, talking about the song being queer and thinking about the circle of life, rebirth, queerness and coming into your own queerness is its own form of rebirth.
0: We have another episode like this from season one. It's called Sound, where Liz and I go through each of the songs from season one um, in, in a bit more depth than we're doing this time. Um, And one of my favorite parts about this process is you make the connections not only like culturally, uh, historically, emotionally to what the guest is sharing, but also to the material and the physicality. And I feel like the glass song really melds that and was really experimental and deep and complicated because you were physically present. Then the next song uh, was a, back to ephemeral, ethereal, kind of hard to put your hands on. We did an episode on story and the materials used to tell story with Hilary Ray, uh, a fellow podcaster and an oral storyteller. It's called Is It So Wrong?
1: Heal me now. I know you're gone, but I feel so she chain my neck. This was right after something my so Grammy, Grammy died, and I was thinking a lot about how stories are passed on through generations. I was thinking about the generations of women in my family, um, and how stories are or maybe are not passed on. How we take the things they leave behind, the stuff, and my Grammy had a lot of stuff.
0: And that ties into what Hillary shared in the beginning with the artist residency and all the objects. She started to make um stories out of. Yes. And so I I actually knew that you were going through that process because yeah. we're you're like actual friends like outside friends. of the show. <laughs> <We're> like yeah. <laughs> um so I I made that connection instantly. I'm like, Liz is is in this house going through all these things,
1: thinking about story in relation to the objects we hold dear. I just want to touch on the thought of like an object gaining import. After posthumously, I guess you could say, which is something that we talk about in the ritual episode, the lyric like cheap chain around my neck is like it's this gold chain that was I found at my Grammys that like literally I don't think I ever saw her wear, but it has become meaningful to me because it's something that was hers that is now mine after her death and that feels significant. You know, right, we assign significance to an object and that that can also be really healing and really powerful. I recorded myself just naming objects um, and I put that into – I put that into the track. If I'm remembering correctly, Kath, like you you didn't notice that until listening to it on headphones because part of what I did was like I just slowly panned the, the sound of each word, which is – so I just moved – had the sound move from like your left ear to your right ear and then back and just had that kind of like interwoven, um, which is a really Simple, but I think effective audio technique in a lot of ways, you know, just creating a a three-dimensional tangible space with sound. The piece was about story. And by creating space
0: like that, it's almost Mm. like you're creating a scene and you're bringing in a character, sort of like a ghost or a friend or a memory or a dream was cropping up. I just love how you did that. So you're still working on the song for Ritual. And Ritual has some crossover with story. In our episode with Colleen, we talked a lot about using Ritual as a way to move through hard emotions and transition or turn over a new leaf etc let's hear the little let's get a little teaser for this like what is up with ritual how are you feeling about it what are you what are you focusing on
1: this is, is going to be challenging to choose like what angle to come at it from uh whether i want it to be like have the song be like a literal ritual and like how I could interpret that in like an audio way, whether I want it to be somehow sharing a ritual that I already have in my life, whether I want to go through the process of creating a ritual to sort of like release my own, like it's like how personal do I want to get? How broad are we going to get? It's probably, it's going to be a combination of both. Just the idea of like recalling a happy memory recalling just a warm feeling that you might have, whether it's an object that helps you recall it, whether it's a smell. It was cool to learn that that's a technique that she uses in her work because that's also something that it's used in a lot of other um, disciplines and um, creative pursuits. It's also used in podcasting, assigning
0: a character or a a speaker with a certain sound association. And then in a narrative piece, they will like play that music to kind of remind the listener who's who or, or bring people back to a scene. So it's we already use sound in the context of, rich, of like invoking and conjuring. As you guys can see, Liz's thought process around this bounces around and there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of directions someone can take when composing music inspired by a material. Um, and I just feel so honored to work with you and so excited to hear the next song. Is there anything else that you want to say to our listeners while you have the floor?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. That's it for you guys. <laughs> material Feels is produced by me, your host, Catherine Monahan. I'm an artist and audio storyteller based in Oakland, California, living on a lonely land. I'm originally from New York State. I've got a background in art and a love for the material world. Our associate producer, Elizabeth Elise produces original music for each episode and crafts our underscores. Sounds are also sourced from freesound.org and MSFX. Please share the show with your loved ones. Review it on Apple Podcasts, shop Waveform Ceramics, our store on Etsy, contribute to our Patreon, and most importantly, make a date with your creative side and engage with the material world however you love to most.